we are live again. The Wrestle Purist AEW Dynamite review hosted by myself, Charlie, and Joe Holbert rocking the shades today. Uh, <laughs> Ayo has sadly pulled out in the last minute. He's not feeling too great. He's not feeling too great, apparently. Reportedly so. so my night off has been cancelled. We are here. Everybody's favourite weekly AEW Dynamite review show. Uh, good show to get into, but first and foremost, please like, subscribe, send any super chats with any questions, any takes, any opinions, anything like that. We'll get them read out. Hope everyone's doing good. Time, my fellow co-host Charlie. What's going on? Hello, I'm doing doing good. Dynamite was a good time again last night, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, had a fairly busy week. Just kind of been hanging out, working when I get work. It's been it's been a weird time recently, but. Uh, Working through it. Excited to talk about Dynamite and excited for Revolution coming up. Cards shaping up well, so yeah. Oh my god. This is <laughs> sick. Maybe I am hosting after all. Hello, Monty. Uh, I'm back. I'm Welcome back. back. Everything just cut out on me, but yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Hopefully this yeah. doesn't uh, hopefully this isn't a regular occurrence. Anyway, Joe, what's going on with you, man? I don't know, really. I've been uh, preparing all day to host the show, making notes, doing press-ups, and uh, plans have changed <laughs> the last minute, <clears throat> which is the way this business works. I would like to know that the shades are not a uh, not a fashion choice this time around, Monty, as you know, much like Terry <laughs> Funk in 1981, I'm having issues with my eye, so I'm, I'm here as some sort of wounded soldier on the podcast <laughs> battlefield, um, but I'm here anyway, so you know, we'll try our best here tonight. It's a new era for the Thursday show. Right? We're no longer the flagship. Demoted. We are now merely the <laughs> one of my review show. Well, I'm you calling know. it that. Like, well, You're calling it the same. I just feel like, you know, sometimes I get messages and stuff where, you know, we was a bit more lawless at the start. With the eight, with I the, think it's uh, a good move. Yeah, it's a good move. You know, mm. with, the, with the rest of Puri's podcast, you know, we'd have six people, ten people on screen. There'd be no subject, and we'd just kind of mess around with the live chat and we'd do whatever. But, you know, whereas the Thursdays, no, it feels like strictly business. You know what I mean? We come here, we know we're doing mm. the AEW Dynamite yeah. review. So let's just call it the AEW Dynamite review. So that's what we've done, people. For those of you that don't know, these Thursday shows are just the AEW Dynamite Review, and there's a new show on Sundays at around about 7pm Eastern, and that'll just be kind of hanging out, different cast every week, cast, different different lineup every week, you know. Might <laughs> review, review Iron Claw this weekend, I don't know, you know, we, I don't know what we're going to talk about this Sunday, but I don't even know who's going to be on it, <laughs> you know, but look, there will be some graphs this Sunday, there it'll be, be on at some people. point. Loaded It'll be on show. at a time. <laughs> Loaded show. Loaded show. Mm-hmm. I um, like I said, uh, like, subscribe, send any super chats, anything like that, and we'll get them read out when we can. But let's um, let's just dive straight in, man. AEW Dynamite. Anybody <coughs> here remember what city they were in? Because I'm pretty bad at the room. Austin, Texas. They were in Austin, Texas. I knew it was Texas. Uh, I couldn't remember it was Austin. God bless Texas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what a way to kick off AEW Dynamite in Texas. Dax Harwood, John Moxley. Just pure grit, Joe Hulbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was um, as advertised, right? It was like the physicality in this. Also, this was very, um, those of you that watch the World Wide and hear us talk about Collision a lot will know that this had 
very much that those ingredients of um, a slightly empty building echoing loudly as chops ricocheted back and forth, which was a, a, a theme throughout this. Um, yeah, really good match. Probably a little long. It will be in real life. I mean, I don't know if it needs to be 18 minutes long. Especially because the, so. the problem with Dex singles <laughs> matches is, like, if you know for his own, you know the finish because he's won only one. It was against Cash Wheeler. So he wasn't going to be John Moxley that he beat. But the work was really, really sharp. And um, I think it was a great way to open the show. Great energy, great physicality. Kind of wrestling you want from, from Dynamite, right? Great way to start. Yeah, man, it was. It was, uh, it was really good stuff. And, of course, AEW openers, they're never short, Joe. You know? It's... No, <laughs> it's, I think there's like a 13, 14-minute minimum. But, you know, mm-hmm. good stuff, bro. Good stuff, cool, like you said. So, Charlie, what did you what did you make of the opener? I enjoyed it. I, I did think it went too long, but I've never, like... Dax Harwood single matches aren't necessarily for me. But I love watching John Moxie wrestle, so take what you can get with these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I yeah. don't really have much else to say, to be honest. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty good. It was a nice opener, you know. Mm-hmm. Got me ready for the yeah. show, you know. Uh, but anyway, next up we had... Um, well, after that, there was, there was a beatdown angle, wasn't there, Joe? There was. It was an interesting... Um... The crowd dynamic for this was interesting, right? And this kind of bled over <laughs> yeah. into post match because we had, you know, the uh, the baby faces theoretically are FTR, and I think that was again theoretically confirmed by Mox holding onto the choke so long. Yes, but as Cash came in to make the save, and it should be noted, Cash was—I mean, he was blistering Mox with punches. Was he? he was lighting yeah. him up with punches? The people kind of jeered a little bit. Then Claudio came down for his own sort of semi, you know, save, beat up Cash, and the place came up with BCC chants after they'd laid out the baby faces. And I was like, that was a great kind of microcosm for it, for Blackpool Combat Club, right? It's like, tremendous professional wrestling match, very well executed angle. The crowd reacted to it in a way that I'm not necessarily sure was the, was the forecast, but mm-hmm. it was well done pro wrestling. It's just, this is something we've talked about now for, what, six months, right? BCC... Are they baby faces or heels? I don't know at this point. Um, the crowd here treated them like baby faces, so yeah. so you know, there's that. But the the post match was done very well. It was very sharp, very very sharp. Cash Wheeler was aggressive. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Have a chip yeah, on his shoulder. Yeah, it, was, it was a decent post match. You know, like you said, it was kind of confusing in terms of crowd reaction. That is kind of a reflection of where the Blackpool Combat Club have been the past few months. Like you was mentioning, you know, it's like. If if your booking isn't you know super defined of what side they fall on when it comes to baby faces and heels, then there is going to be those awkward moments unless every person you go every, unless every single person you put them against is either the most red hot baby face or the most hated heel in the <laughs> industry, you know, and you are going to get some like mixed reactions and stuff. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It should be a good but match though. Yeah, that's the thing. It yeah. didn't hurt the heat of what they're trying to build. Or it's just an interesting kind of quirk to it. It's you still left this. I think you know the idea for this singles match was let's kind of increase the excitement for the tag match next week, right? And I think this yes. did that. It was also like if we mentioned this on Twitter, it, it was jarring seeing Dax wrestle a match on Dynamite. I know the stat was he hadn't wrestled yeah. since April, and he's one of the few guys that has like actually been a collision exclusive, right? Like it's, it was weird. It felt strange. <laughs> Uh, that was notable you know too. Me, bro. Yeah. All about the brand split. You, you know? are, yeah. The, the brand, brand split that does not exist in AEW, you know? But... Yes. 
<laughs> kind of, I can kind of imagine one, you know. I kind of, I'll quickly forget about this Dax Harwood match and just, uh, <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll just pretend it was on collision, you know. Um, this, this is what you gotta do, you know, to keep, keep, keep the, uh, keep the vibes alive. But yeah, uh, vote for brand splits, people. You know, you don't, you don't realize what you've got until the gun, you know. I am on the side of a brand split would be ideal now. I was against it for a while, but they basically kind of have one anyway, so just don't call it a brand split. Yeah. yeah ever, ever since like collision like became a thing and it was clear that it was gonna be like the CM Punk show when he first came out to AEW, it's like it's been quite like a conversation since then. Mm-hmm. And at first I was kind of like I don't know, it kind of makes a lot of sense, you know, they should maybe do it, but I was kind of like tiptoeing around it, you know, I was pussyfooting around it, but now I'm just, after seeing all these moving pieces, CM Punk's not even with the fucking company no more, <laughs> you know, like, there's been a lot of moving pieces, and all of it has just made me more firm on my stance, so brand splits, if managed properly, are a good thing. Yeah. You know? Did we, was we debating this on the air, or was this a or post show when was because remember we had a, we had a long conversation about this I don't know if this was I thought we had a few over over the uh, many eras of respirators worldwide you know? yeah I'm not sure I, I don't know if you're I don't know if I totally co-sign um, I agree with you like conceptually that if done well it can add a lot and it can help the talent but I just I think with the star power right now they need they need kind of all hands on deck yes. that's the only thing I would say but I, I get your point nonetheless. But they don't have all hands on <laughs> That's well, yeah, but I'm... because because of the way AEW <laughs> operates, they don't have all of the big stars there week in, week out, you know. That would be great. That would be awesome if you had all the stars on Dynamite and Collision and God forbid God forbid someone rampage as well. But um that's AEW just don't work like that, unfortunately. You know what, what like, happens to Rampage and your brand split fear? Is that the one place where the brands cross over? Yeah, brand that, that's, all. Yeah, yeah. that's the forbidden door. That's what you just door. do, like little. I don't know, man. Start the cruiserweight division. <laughs> what do they used to call Sorosha? The one night a year where the brands collide. The one night a week, the brands collide. AEW Rampage. You just or you just I don't know. Um, the international show, which they've kind of been know, using it for, you anyways. Do some, you do some. Yeah. Um, that doesn't doesn't WWE main event just have like anyone from any brand on it? I know their brand split to just like even an even bigger eye roll than anything um, we've been talking about, but like just humor me here. It has. You know, it has. If it's main roster talent, it will be raw talent. But there's a lot of NXT yeah. talent, so it's kind of you wouldn't know if you just watched the show, you know. But yeah, I mean, mm. it's the rampage thing is an issue. I'm. I agree with your point that like what I'm describing isn't necessarily how it is anyway, but I just don't know if the ideal way to grow the audience is like, you know, splitting further. But you're right that right now it isn't exactly, you know, <laughs> it never has been, really. man. No, that's it fair enough. Yeah. And sometimes it's been less um, obvious than others. And right now it's not even super obvious because the product's good. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a glaring issue that I have when I'm watching AW Dynamo or Collision at the moment, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just my experience, you know. But I think I think it's something that would help with ticket sales as well, you know. It's um, it's something that gets spoke about a lot when talking about like the AW domestic ticket sales. It's like if one of us books for 
if one of us got his nose, we're going to America or something like running here, say, I don't know, June or something like that. We want to go see AEW Dynamite. We see that it's in the city that we're visiting. And we're like, you know, I want to put some AEW Dynamite. No one can mm-hmm. tell me with confidence who the fuck's going to be on that oh, show. Yeah. If yeah. I book, I if I book Raw for, you know, I think they come to the UK after Mania, you know, I have a good, I have a good idea who will be on that show. Probably Cody, Seth, Sammy, Drew, yeah. Judgment Day, you know, and whether you like them or you hate any of the people that I just named, it's like, it's good to know who you're going to see. Do you know what I mean? Um, it definitely helps. So. Do you think, just, just before we move on, because I know we have to, because we have a show to review, do you reckon any of the yeah. talent would feel some type of way about being on Collision? Because it is, you know, we do have to be, it is much less viewed right and it's like i mean i love collision obviously there's a handful of guys who pride themselves on being colliders and uh <laughs> i don't know would everyone feel that way well, here's or, the do thing, i don't know i think you I could pitch like... it in a way to some of them as a challenge be like well get it up like figure yeah. it out get the views up like i don't know I feel like they could yeah. work it out and um i do i do think i do think you could um Develop like a, enough of your enough of the AW top stars to kind of like take some pride in collision. Like we have already kind yeah. of seen. Obviously, it's deteriorated quite a bit since like CM Punk left, and he was trying to like round up the collision troops, the colliders, and doing all that. You know, um, mm-hmm. in like the first four, five, six weeks of collision. So uh, it's obviously very different now, but I think you could kind of recreate something similar to that with a few of your top stars. And then for the other people, it's more like, well, this is where you're getting your time on TV. So it's not tight, you know what I mean? Because we're not squeezing you onto Dynamite at the moment. So it's like, this is a show where you can get your shit off, you know? Kind of, um, oh yeah, you know, look how, look how good Collision was for like people like Ricky Starks and uh, Jay White. You know, when they were kind of being able to be treated like, you know, main event players. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's... Uh, well, it's here's what we should do. Here's what we should do. We should put a pin in it. And one of the Sunday episodes coming up, we should do a special All Elite Wrestling draft. And we'll get like a team of colliders and uh, whatever the hell Dynamite folks. Yeah, are. we'll do that. We'll do That'll it. be good. That'll be fun. Yeah, no, it. I'm a maniacs. Thank you. John. That's one. Of, that's one of the ones that we'll actually do as well, people. So yeah. we're gonna do. We'll get. We'll get some. Go. We'll get the Dynamite crew versus the Colliders, and it will be like me, Joe, with Bill and Manor, with the play with the playbook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Manny will have his notes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then it will be like Unpuris, Charlie, Alexia. You know, mm. Anna, if she's available, which she, I can probably guarantee she won't. Um, on on Sundays. She she hasn't got a uh, college on Mondays at the moment, so. See that could that could be the first WrestlePurious podcast, you know. That could be. Yeah. Could be. We'll, see, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see who's around, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, very you know we can take we can take these detours now. We ain't got squeezing all the news and everything. <laughs> you know? As long as it's AEW, we can talk about it as long as we want. And I'm saying, brand split good. Okay. And um, yeah, shout out Matt yeah. and Dax. Um, good match, by the way. Good match. <laughs> yeah, good, good match. Good match. Uh, speaking match, of good I matches, uh, Don Callis announced one. He says that two members of his Don Callis family will be 
Christian Revolution. Yes. Kanosuke Takeshita and Will Ospreay of Great Britain. Mm -hmm. Charlie, you're also of Great Britain. How how excited are you as someone who's attending the revolution? How excited are you for this match? First of all, I called this on like several podcasts across different Mm -hmm. platforms. I've been talking about this for fucking weeks now, I feel like. I'm so excited for this match to be there for that. It was the right call. And I think announcing it this way was the right way to do it. <laughs> but yeah. This, this popped me. <sighs> Did it pop you, Montgomery? What, what is... Why is my internet doing this to me, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's admirable you're here, to be honest with you. So I'm not going to, you know... Um, fuck. Um, yeah, so... As I'm sure Joe or Charlie very... Uh, eloquently stated, you know, we got we got Takeshita, Osprey, Revolution, and uh, mm-hmm. fired up, fired up, man. Takeshita, of course, he he's a freak, brother. You know, Osprey's yeah. a <laughs> also a freak. Osprey's Osprey's gonna want to make a point, and yeah. he does anyway, which is one of the actual like admirable things about him. It's why he's regarded by many as one of the best in the world because he. It's not that he just has this insane ability. It's the level of effort he puts into matches where many would say he probably shouldn't, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Alaku, he's going to wrestle him at some point in the near future. I'm sure he's going to go all out like it's a WrestleMania, all in spectacular combo main event in that Pretty match. <laughs> so, you know. Um, and this being his first signed AEW pay-per-view match, I'm sure he's going to want to Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's going to want to go crazy. He's gone crazy in every AEW singles match he's had so far anyway. So um, yes. if he, if he does have nice. that kind of mindset going into it, that he wants to make a point of this one, then even if he doesn't, to be honest, <laughs> I'll spread like could... 70% could probably pull off a, log, a spectacular match with Takeshita, yeah. you know? So. I'm, uh, I'm, this suggests to me that Will is going to be a baby face, which is good mm-hmm. because... For a moment there, I, I was quite concerned that he was going to just be like in the like actually in the group. Yeah. But the way this was set up, he, there's no way. Like, this is the end of that idea. I think um, we're going to have to put up with some Jericho tag team. I think here next couple months. Which why would you? Well, I, I well, mean, we gotta got to be real. Can't, can't you just like not mention it until it's coming towards us, bro? I mean, what do you want me to do? Nah. We're in the tracks. I and it's just coming ignore towards, him. You know? Just. It it's is what it is. Right now. <laughs> Suppress it until like, it actually happens. Yeah. He looks like he's coming in as a baby face, so you know, take what you can get in these situations. And uh, this and match will be probably extraordinary. Right? This is probably going to be spectacular. Could steal the show, and that's saying something on this show because this, this show, yeah, this show currently looks like it has like a real shot of being the best AEW pay per view ever. And I know that's like you almost don't want to say that because you're like setting it up to foul. But like, look at these matches. What is the floor on these matches? I mean, this is going to be this show looks spectacular. So, I'm very excited for the match. Yeah, it should be some good stuff. Let's take a little quick break. We've got uh, one, two, three super chats. Some of our spectacular <laughs> listeners. Yuzora Heart, ten dollars. Appreciate you as always. Ibu's wings. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. This is promising. Yuzora Heart, ten dollars. Ibu's wings is the new worst <laughs> wrestle purist community meme. As such, I'm filing a complaint, Monty. I need Ibu fined and suspended for 30 days pending an investigation. I mean, it's not his fault. 
you know? Yeah. Hmm. It's like he posts his wings, and he he he, seemed, he posted them because he was seemingly proud of them at the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the the people just kind of ran it's... with a very. Worrying narrative, the is, you know. <laughs> the actual jokes about the wings are not really funny to me at all. No. But what is funny to me and will always be funny to me is the idea of him being like really proud of his <laughs> just, <laughs> just uh, like, like the idea of how thrilled he must have been to have taken that photo, just you know, <laughs> sincerely posting it. Like, damn, look at this. <laughs> God, that bless always, the man. that's what's actually funny to me, you know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I co-signed the first sentence of this super chat. To be honest, yes, I do agree. Cannot escape. It's always funny at first until it has five hundred quote tweets. You know, (laughs) into the ground. So you know, this is uh, these are the games we play. Apparently, at Resipuris. Right, Darren KG499, appreciate you as always as well. Joe and Chuck, thanks for putting me over on Twitter today. All hail. Yeah, we did um oh, late no, night green today. We were we were collecting some of the great moments and memories of the late night grin thus far. And Darren posted a clip where um all I'll say is Manny the Hooper had there's a certain Manny laugh when you really yes. get him, when he's really <laughs> tickled by something that is like high pitched. It's maybe the best <laughs> laugh ever. Like it's so it's so good when you get him to laugh like that. So uh, Darren had a clip today that involved Danny Pop both Chuck and I quite a bit. So yes, times. He's uh, we need we, we need to get money back on a see like, when we have like Recipe Sundays, you know, Recipe yeah. podcast on Sundays, we can just get money in to just talk about nothing yeah. <laughs> as he's so yeah. great. <laughs> you know, it's his so specialty. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you watch Dynamite this week. What does matter is if you watch ECW, you know, back mm. in, <laughs> you know, back when Sandman was making his iconic entrances, you know. But anyway, shout out Darren. Deserves getting put mm. over. Speaking of putting people over, Jay Shell, one of our uh, founding fathers, founding mothers, <laughs> mother Jay Shell, 499. Much love. Can't express <laughs> How much we all appreciate Joe Shell here at Red yes. She says, Hi guys. Hope you're well listening while doing homework. Miss y'all and we miss you too. Yeah. She um very dearly. Oh but she's popped me the other day. She tweeted something like I've rebranded my Twitter page mm-hmm. as a what is it? It's like a pop culture and a pop music culture. page. And she sat front row at the Boston Celtics. Yes. <laughs> I saw it and I just kinda of popped my fist. <laughs> <laughs> She's all grown up now, you know. She's you know, too too old and mature for this wrestling crap, you know. Thank it's... God, man. Thank God. Get out where you can. LNG Hall of Famer, Jay Shell, right? Mm. Officially. So. I'm sure when uh, we when we create when we build the WrestlePurity Hall, the uh, museum te- in Texas. <laughs> It's in the museum. It's gonna be like, story. It's gonna be, I'm gonna have a section in the museum. It's just like the Hawaiian shirts, hung up like, <laughs> hats. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. one day, people. Uh, Atlantis Junior, one ninety nine from our very own Ibu Niang. Um, yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. Pretty good. Good, good, good stuff, you know. 
making his point. <laughs> Darren Walker, two pounds. Appreciate it. Osprey and Jericho, WrestlePure's tag team of the year. That is very spiteful. Absolutely not. Chance the producer, 199. Appreciate it. Monty, any update on WrestlePure's merch? I need a hoodie. Funny you should ask that because I was kind of like thinking about kind of uh, kind of like ideas. Because like last time, last time we did merch, as you guys will know, it was just kind of like logos and stuff like that and like hoodies and that. And a few people like the hoodies and stuff. And I really like the hoodies as well, but I kind of want to do something that's actually like a bit more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Artsy? Actual, de- like, you know, wow. actual designs and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so... You know, I'm, so, I'm sure I could do some plain logo stuff and get those back up on the site, to be fair. There's not really any excuse for that, to be brutally honest. But I do I do want to do something a bit more expansive, you know, and uh, get, a, get a few artists and illustrators in to help us with designs and stuff like that and kind of, um, you know, have kind of like a defined branding of what sort of merch we do. Because I want to do like... I see so there's so much shit wrestling merch out there. There's like mm-hmm. two or three brands that do like really cool ones, you know. You know, like uh, I don't know, like Roots of Fight or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, like they have like definitive branding, you know. Um when when you hear that a certain wrestler is gonna do a collaboration with them, you kind of have a rough idea of what sort of aesthetic it's gonna be because they mm-hmm. have their own branding. So um to avoid me waffling anymore. I kind of want, if, I, if we do it again, I want to do it properly. You know, I want to do something really cool. So hopefully at some point this year, not too uh, not too far away. You boo again. <laughs> Brown Breaker. It's pretty bad. Bright, bright talent. Bright talent. Charlie, this is not a hill anyone <laughs> should still be on. <laughs> Stop I, don't watch, I don't watch the shows. I don't know what he's up to. He's teaming with Baron Corbin. <laughs> That's all I know. Exactly, and it's getting put over, so that's how good he is, you know? <laughs> that team is pretty sick, I must have. Um, that is a good team. That's a really good team. you got to let Charlie have... you got to have a like swing sometimes on these things, you know? That like thing, Opening segment, Charlie was like, I'm going to let Joe and Monty enjoy this Dax Harwood talk. <laughs> she even sat politely while we talked about our brand split for 10 minutes. So you got to <laughs> then let Charlie lash out about Bron Breakers. <laughs> I immediately got called out for being a David Finley fan, so all is right in the world. As Charlie is a tag team wrestling advocate, ambassador, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Ron Breaker and Baron Corbin winning the NXT Tag Team Championships this past Tuesday was quite the match that I think Charlie would actually enjoy. She sat down and watched it and would reluctantly message me and say um, that was quite real or something along those lines. Yeah, it would be something like that, yeah. Charlie is a very fair when it comes to the star ratings. I see everyone's star ratings, you know. I see all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Charlie is very, very steady, very fair. So I, I have no doubt she'd enjoy it if she watched it, but watching it is, is really the challenge. Mm, there. Finding the time to watch it. I'll yeah. sit down and do these things. But our um, British Strong Style Tag Team Champion yet. This is someone related to Dynamite, no. but I just like to Australia, ask. Australia, baby. It's mm, is that one of the matches? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I might be seated for that match specifically. Turn off. I don't want. Will. I don't want to watch the chambers. What time is it on for us? What time does it start for us? It starts at like a nice time man. for us, doesn't it? Nine or ten like a.m. 11, yeah, like ten a.m. Oh. or some shit. Yeah, man. We we can. Yeah, I have no excuse to not watch. Actually, I'll probably be up. 
I'm pretty strong. They're bringing it on, Charlie. I actually what's think the, they should. Like, I actually legitimately the think they should. What's the main event of the Chamber show? Mm, oh. Probably the Men's Chamber. Which is, oh, okay, which is the one for to fight Seth, right? Or to fight mm. for that bell, anyway. Go yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, Seth's probably not going to wrestle. Cody... No. Cody and Seth are on Gross and Waller effect. Yeah. yeah. Do you Seth not think Cody. there's a chance? Belt, belt. I think Seth's losing that belt before Mania. I'm convinced of it. I think he might get cashed in on in the Gross and Waller effect. That'd be fucking hilarious. No, but didn't Damien Priest say in like a WWE exclusive that he can't he can't cash? I don't actually. I don't think it was a WWE exclusive, but he has said at some point very recently that like he can't cash in on Seth because he's injured, or he can't cash in because he's not cleared. But so. when he's but when even when he's cleared, he could cash in. What if he says to Grayson Waller, "I'm cleared," and then immediately Damien Priest kicks the shit out of him? Disappears <laughs> out of nowhere. Even if it's not Chamber, I do think there's a real chance they get the belt off of him because. If he's working the tag match on night one, we presume, mm. then I think, you know. But then again, this is a Dynamite review, so I don't really know why I'm going down this Seth Rollins fantasy booking. And it's also like you forget that Seth Rollins is like absolutely determined to, you know, <laughs> do this mania. I think yeah. he's going to main event mania. He's just going to do it in a tag match with Dwayne Rock Johnson. You know, I don't... That's... Hmm. Oh, man. Don't know. Um, anyway... Well, uh, AEW Dynamite, where was we? Where, where where did we get to? So, oh yeah, Wardlow squash match. <laughs> it happened. They've got to cut this Wardlow thing as a loss, man. It's just... I, I'm so over it. He's not doing anything new. It always goes back to the same That's shit. The thing, and it's like I don't even remember. You're still Barrett Brown, I believe. Yeah, God bless. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they just I kept coming to poll on commentary, and it was just—I just—it's <sighs> really unfortunate. I, I just don't get like the logic behind like. There's no. What's this? Like the third or fourth ward like push now, and they yes. just do the same thing every time. <laughs> like, they, just... they don't change anything. It's uh, interesting because they it did. Just, it it felt like they were playing around with the right way to do it, right? Because he wrestled Trent, and they had that weird match mm-hmm. that was like kind of competitive, but not really. And then him and Commander had like a sort of move sprint, and this one was back to like total square one, just him killing the guys. I don't know. I also don't know where it's going. I don't understand what the. Like, are they going to do a world title thing with Wardlow? Surely not. There's got enough going on. Surely not. But he's, like, where is he on the rankings at this point? Like, surely he should be on the fucking rankings. Like, he keeps winning. (laughs) But if he keeps winning, like, it's got to come into play at some point. Like, oh, I'm over it. I think Wardlow could go, like, TNA and have, like, a Macklin run. Where he just like he just becomes a beast, you know. Like, he's got the space to do <laughs> The Macklin run. That's the crazy sentence. No, <laughs> it's like <laughs> not in sense of the heights that he went to or anything, because Macklin ain't exactly been like world 
Oh, yeah, he has. Um, <laughs> um, I was about to say, he hasn't been world champ, but he has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the sense that, like, kind of... Because that's where he, like, found himself. Like, he's kind of, like, yeah. one of the good examples of what TNA can be good for for some of these, like, mm-hmm. released talents that actually really want to make a go of it. Like, in the, uh, in the business... Uh, you know, Max he went TNA and he definitely wasn't... When he got released by WWE, he's very different to the, the guy that we see today. You know, sure. it's, like, it's like two different people legitimately, so, you know. Um, I just... I don't think... It, like, it's not that Wardlow is without talent. I don't, I'm not, like, a huge fan of him as a talent or anything, but he obviously has... I get why a promoter would be interested by the tools that he has. The raw ingredients, mm-hmm. obviously, are exciting, but... I think the biggest issue with this push is it feels so familiar, right? It's like yeah. smaller heel who is talking for him while Wardlow kills people, while they're inevitably on this like collision course where they've already teased that Wardlow is not really into the idea of being on the same team as Cole. So it's like he did this. The whole thing with Max was incredible. Why would you redo it with Adam Cole? It's just it needs to be, if you're going to redo a Wardlow push, it has to be something fresh and different. It can't just be a repeat. So, I just want him to be a hot tag guy. Yeah, that would also be a good idea. Anything that's a new idea would be good. <laughs> yeah, this is what I was getting at. That's why it's just so funny to me, is how they just keep falling back to the same old shit when they try pushing. But, at least he's uh, not TNT champion again. <clears throat> We've escaped that, at least. It did, it did kind of pop me, love, how like, Cole went to the commentary desk, didn't say anything, then when the match finished, he was like, well, thanks, guys. You know, he yep. just kind of got off and got out of there. <laughs> God bless. <dumb. laughs> They're really floundering with this fucking undisputed kingdom it's, stuff. It's tough. It's tough. You know. so why they should have just made Roddy international champion. International? Yeah, that belt. They should have just given him the belt when they first teased the match. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Speaking of bouts, we had a, uh, a number one contenders match for the TNT title. Christine Cage's TNT title between Adam Copeland and Daniel Garcia. And um, mm-hmm. I just really liked this. You know, there's just some nice grappling on a Wednesday night, Joe. But... It was, mate. This was, it was like a piece of business. So I thought this was the most effective thing on the show. Um, in the, the post match angle was tremendous, and we'll get to that. But the match itself. There was so many great touches to this match, and I knew it was a really good one when the DQ finished. Like, actually, like it actually pissed me off. It got like actual mm-hmm. heat on on the heels for me. They, they messed this match up, which very seldom happens uh, these days. And it was a good sign to me that it was a DQ finish that was like placed in a way that actually surprised me. Um, so the match itself immediately Copeland takes this like kind of old man approach, right? He's like roughing Garcia up yeah. in the corner. He's being mm-hmm. physical and like gritty with him. And then he drags him to the mats for a submission and Garcia finds a counter right away. And he like immediately establishes this idea that Copeland can kind of rough Garcia up and be a bully in there. But on the mat, Garcia can can hang with anyone. Um, and then they had these like cool moments where Garcia used speed and overwhelmed Copeland. And Copeland did this great job of selling like kind of almost being like dazed, right? Like going from one move to the next. So just really smart stuff. And I actually thought this was trending towards being like something kind of great, honestly. Um, If this just continues on its trajectory, I think this is Copeland's best AEW match so far. I know it's only been a short run, but he's wrestled a lot, right, in this run. So 
yeah, this was going really well. The finish um, surprised me, and I'm very intrigued as to where it means for Revolution. Very intrigued. But nonetheless, I hope we get a rematch at some point, and uh, maybe this means Garcia gets the Revolution match. Right? Maybe. Garcia gets sure. the Revolution match. He's got a win, bro. We can't, we can't, we can't yeah, keep. No, I just, I, I was trying to figure out. We what can't the... keep edging us like this with Daniel Garcia, bro. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, especially when, especially the, the way he touched on it in in the promo last week. He's like always get one win away, and you know, he so. could win by a Copeland running, right? Mm. That could be yeah. Copeland's return as he cost Christian the yeah. belt against Daniel Garcia. Yeah, but either way, um, tremendous match, I thought. Tremendous match. Yeah, very very nice match, you know. Do I want yeah, you know Charlie, thoughts on the match? We'll talk about the angle separately. Um, I really enjoyed the match. Like Joe was saying, like it was trending towards something really great. I don't like no DQ finishes, like, no DQ finishes or squadif- squadification finishes. My god. I don't like finishes like that, especially in situations like this, but it was what it was, but I really enjoyed the match, and I enjoyed Edge being a bit of a dick. Like there was that bit in the cr- with the crowd with the guy in the crowd where he like snapped the sunglasses, but the guy just had another pair anyways, which was quite funny. But um, yeah, man, it was it was interesting seeing him lean that way. But Danny did great here; he looked great. Um, yeah, I really liked the match. I would like to see them have a full match at some point. But yeah, yeah finish kind of sure. sucked. Yeah, it's um. Oh, it's it's weird, and it? it's uh, a DQ. I think they called it a DQ. So it was a no contest. Yeah, no contest. So they attacked both of them. So it's like who would be getting disqualified in that scenario? Like it was a no contest, you know. Um, and obviously, you know, after after the patriarchy come down and do Christian's bidding of, you know, getting the match called off and the no contest going, they then do the beatdown on everyone, but. Special attention on poor Adam Copeland, who suffers a concerto. Uh, Daniel Garcia not very happy about this. He has a moment mm-hmm. where he's kind of looking off at Christian. When Christian's got the TNT title, and it did seem like revolution wise. You know, Edge has just been Copeland. More bad has just been concerto. Has just been concertoed. Yeah. Revolutions in what two? Just, just over two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. 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 This um, this angle was like peak Christian Cage in that yes. he comes in after these guys have done the work for him and he's like relishing the chance to take advantage of the situation. It turns around and he becomes the absolute biggest coward in the world, right? Like he's like scrambling mm-hmm. for a chair. He's begging off the whole deal. And as soon as uh, as Mama Wayne comes in with the low blow, oh, he God. suddenly is like Christian, like springs back to his feet, like yeah, let's get him. <laughs> and I say it every week, but seriously, he's the only dude on this roster, pretty much, that actually gets like a heel response. It's incredible at yeah. this point. And you know, it's like most of the audience likes Christian Cage, which makes it even funnier that he gets that reaction from them. He gets actual heat. It's incredible. So. Yeah, the angle was very well done. I, I thought this was all a, a strong piece of TV. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, there is definitely something admirable about the way Christian Cage actually approaches being a heel. And something Copeland said about him very recently in one of his interviews, wasn't it? Like, you know, he actually gets a kick out of being an actual heel. 
not mm-hmm. you know he's not trying to be cool out there he's trying to be a heel you know um it's a last art Joe Hulbert and Charlie he's it's a last art you know um <laughs> he always made me laugh and as, as talented as he is and as like like I've said I've said before he's a generational talent and I know a lot of people have been kind of a bit weird about him up until he's injuring ever since he's left really but with MJF it's like, you know, the, uh, you're not an Evervoid, not doing the MJ thing. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's been out for a minute, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery. Who knows when yeah, that will be. I was about to go into a whole lot of MJF detail there. We're, we're, not doing it. we're not doing it today. We're not doing it. It's meant to be my day <laughs> off. <laughs> it's meant to be my day off. Um mm. So, Jizzle, $2, appreciate it. If you only watch Dynamite, Daniel Garcia is a total loser. I don't think anyone watches AEW like that, though, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I, get the, I get that you're trying to make a point. And he, uh, he absolutely is a valid point, but it's less than ideal that Daniel Garcia does happen to pretty much lose every time he's on Dynamite. And his wins and his significant things that he's been doing recently has been more on collision side. But, like I just said at the start, Nobody watches AEW like that. So it's like, you know, um, you don't get the people who are like, oh, I don't watch Dynamite, but I watch Collision now. I don't watch Collision, but I watch Dynamite. So, you know, Dynamite obviously is the more popular show. The views do say that, but no one's like, oh, I don't watch Collision. Rampage is the only one in it, really. So, yeah. you know. But yeah, Daniel Garcia, we, we need, we're stacking up wins this year, you know. Mm-hmm. This, year needs to, this year needs to be like, a big year for him because of what yes. AEW really are to kind of I don't know man if you're a young talent looking at AEW I think you should be looking at someone like Daniel Garcia and how they manage him you know because it's yeah. not like he's got the talent there his character work has came leaps and bounds his promo work has came leaps and bounds his wrestling's always been there but he's genuinely got better over the past few years he's the only thing I think you can say about him is that he's you he could probably put on a few pounds, you know, but he's still young as fuck. So it's like, you know, it's not like he's in his prime 35 and, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I think he's great, basically. I, saw <laughs> I think he's pretty neat, you know? Yeah, I think he's pretty neat. <laughs> uh, uh, what guy? God bless him, you know? We're rooting for him. Uh, I missed a. Uh, I get you weren't really like a proper segment, which is probably why I miss it. But like the young books getting off the jet. Yeah. Oh, nice jet. Pop. REVs. Still, still in the white suits with the blood covered on it. You know, and that's kind of the bit they're going for. They've got a new mm. facial hair now. Kind of like oh a. Uh, weren't quite a soul. Was it a soul? I, I don't even know what you'd call it. You know? It was the sting, wasn't it? It was the the old yeah. sting. Main, main event mafia. Yeah, what, sting. Do, what do you call it? The sting. That's what they call it. <laughs> go in your local barber shop and go give me the well, main Yeah, I was gonna say, bro, I don't think that would wash it. Or go into my, go into the black <laughs> Some, <laughs> no, if you say sting, sting. <laughs> most will get. But you sometimes will have to add main event mafia, sting, especially if you're international. <laughs> <laughs> All right, noted. Um. But yeah, Charlie, I'm sure this all pops mm-hmm. you, doesn't it? Yes, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, the young books are getting up to uh, 
can get up to something when they're changing the facial hair every week. Mm-hmm. It's quite diabolical. We're so back. I have missed this. They're really putting energy into it, and God bless. I was coping so much of 2023 with a lot of stuff they were doing, but we're back. It's fine. <laughs> Nicholas and Matthew Jackson are back to being committed to their roles, I guess you could say. Yeah. And Jean, he's calling it... See, I, I was thinking Soul Patch, but isn't that... A soul patch is just this bit, and it like a soul patch, and all the way down, like in a soul patch, just like a pat. You know, do you know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> not clue. I'm saying That's a soul not. patch is just like a little patch underneath your lip. But what they right. had was like the whole, like you went like a line straight down, straight down. Like a, line. <laughs> a soul yeah. strip. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not. I, I don't know what. I don't know what we're calling. I don't know what the actual like real term is other than the sting which <laughs> I don't think my barber knows what that is <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to rock this next week on the podcast bro so <laughs> bad idea <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah young books are uh... the character work is popping I can't lie can't lie but yeah, um, Copeland Garcia Revolution potentially, and uh, Timeless Tony Storm presents Wet Ink, which is basically like this long, elaborate, artistic promo on Diana Perazzo, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've never been the greatest person to come to in terms of wrestling content creators to review Tony Timeless Tony Storm, so. <laughs> I'm going to pass this along to my fellow co-hosts. Um, ladies first, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. She got her point across. I, I just want to know if that she if she actually got the new tattoo or not. I couldn't tell if it was real in the black and white filter, but I think it was, which pops me quite a lot, to be honest. That's commitment to the bit. But um, yeah, she was just kind of chatting. I, I have really no idea what she was saying other than the fact that her and Diana go way back. And now she has this new tattoo. I was like, okay. Yeah. Joe, what did you give you some little boxed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, flat free, probably. Added it to a couple lists, you know, probably one of those deals. Um, this was, uh, I don't really know what I think of this. It was short, though, wasn't it? It was like, it was pretty short. And uh, the honest promo, it was, I will say, it was quite jarring going from this sort of extravagant, colourful piece of programming to Deanna just kind of cutting like a straightforward <laughs> interview afterwards. I don't know. Um, I feel like, you know, we're kind of the wrong people to ask, aren't we? Because it's like, mm. it's not really our thing, but it's fine. It's it's one of those gimmicks at this point. You think what you think of it at this juncture, right? It is what it is. Um, yeah. But Tony always does the stuff well. It's always well executed. It's just not always, you know, kind of in my line of Admittedly rigid wrestling brain, it doesn't always quite fit in, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. I thought you said it was quite jarring to go backstage to Diana Perrazzo, where she was just like, I'm going to break your arm, bitch. Yeah, she was <laughs> a wrestler. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I will say, like, the, at least they're telling a specific story and they're detailing their past and it's going week to week and it's like, yes. I know that sounds so ridiculous, that's the thing we're praising, but, like, let's be real. This woman's title build has been better than most women's title builds, right? Yeah. We're being honest. Like at least this one's had like a like an actual direction the whole time. So 
they've cut promos, they've had yeah. ring time, like they're not just doing endless run-ins. This is major improvements from where we have been. So Yeah. I'm pretty like I'm pretty optimistic about this match. I mean, I'm a big fan of Deonna and I think we all know what Tony's capable of. Um mm-hmm. feels like if Tony's ever gonna wrestle like as herself while being timeless, Tony, this is gonna be the match, right? So Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah, for the women's division, it was like in. I guess you can go back like a month, two months, however, however long you want to go back. But definitely quite recently, the AEW has been, um, you know, AEW has been putting kind of like more of a focus on the women's division, whether or whether that is or isn't because Mercedes Monet is coming in and they want it to be like a strong division for her to walk into. That's mm-hmm. obviously these a lot of people's assumption. But regardless, when they first started doing it. It was more kind of back when they were doing like the initial like uh you know, this sky blue character change, you know, Julia Hart winning the TBS title, uh Abaddon was on T V and shit, you know, Timeless Tony Storm was still kind of like um especially for the people who were kind of more inclined to turn their nose up at those gimmicky characters, it was still quite rough around the edges, to be honest, especially in mm-hmm. ring. Um so it's like you could see that they were putting the focus in, but it kind of almost felt misplaced. And that's not a shot at any of the women in particular. It's just that they do have a stacked women's division full of like kind of stars waiting to be made, you know? Yeah. Whereas like now it kind of feels a little bit more refined, but the focus is still there, which is a really promising sign because that was always kind of uh, my big criticism. So yeah, you can break it down into. Uh, the matches don't have enough time, or why doesn't this person get a live promo? Why does they only get this amount of segments? Or you can, you know, you can get your stopwatch, stopwatch out, and you can break it down however you want. But my big thing with the women's division that I always criticised was the focus. Mm-hmm. Fo- focus on it, like feel like I want, like, like you just said with the Tony Storm, Diana Prize or whatnot. At least there's been like an ongoing thread, and they're actually trying to tell a story. Um, you know, it feels like there is actually a bit of effort and focus going into it. So it, it's it's promising signs. The division isn't perfect yet, but it's uh it's, it's definitely, definitely it's definitely improving. Yeah. It's definitely improving. It definitely has improved, and trajectory is good at the moment. So you know, not 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 um, I'm not disgraced by any of this. <laughs> I, think, I think Tony, I think Tony and Diana probably will have a pretty good match. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Deanna's first pay-per-view match, man, you know? And um, I think that should be kind of a point that they try to make, really. Whereas, like, this is this new woman that we've signed, this free agent that we've signed, that is, you know, someone who was kind of like, you know, like a, a hot free agent, not exactly Mercedes or someone like that, but still like a hot free agent. But if they do a good job with Deanna you will be able to really kind of like see AEW's like de- not development program, but kind of it's yeah, it's definitely what? a good yeah, yeah. like two months ago when we were talking about the honor and where she'd go, it's like you could very easily or fairly just be like, what would AEW do with the honor? If you yeah. if you do well with the honor, then you change that that perception, right? It's like it's absolutely important. I agree completely. And I think thus far that's why we've been bit, we've been high on this, right? Is because it's like the mm-hmm. has come in and she's been on the TV show in some form or fashion every week, I think, since she came in. Pretty much one yeah. of the TV shows. It's like that's a big improvement, and maybe that says more about the way it was than the way it is, but it still is an improvement. Mm-hmm. So, 
But it does have to be said, and I don't want to keep, I don't want to almost overstate this because it's coming now, so there's no point worrying about it. But you have to make it work. Like the Mercedes part of this is still the big part because if you, if you mess up that part, all of these minor steps mean nothing, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it will just be, it'll be damning. And I don't think they will. I actually am pretty confident because I think she's such a big star that it'll be fine. But that's the big thing to circle when it comes to women right now and the promotion in general, to be honest. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I guess. Absolutely, but yeah, uh... I'm excited for this match on the pay per view. Where the only thing I'm worried about going into Revolution with this match is its placement on the card because yeah. it's such a stacked yeah. show. I'd open Revolution with this match to be honest. I feel like that's kind of the safest place to put it. I would definitely put it early, yeah. Um, first or second match, man. This pl- the, putting this card together in terms of placement is going to be tough. Yeah, really tough. Do you think Sting's like? Are you certain Sting's main event? In? I'm pretty certain on it, to be honest. It feels like that's what they've got to do. Like, I don't feel like they would have done a triple threat for the world title if it was main event in this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure too. I'm just intrigued by. You got to figure out a place for Dragon and, and Eddie too. It's like mm-hmm. it's always nearly yeah. impossible for us to do anyway because we don't know what the results are going to be. You yeah. Know? Well, no, I think I think that I think. Obviously, that drastically affects the pacing of a show, you know. Um, yeah. So it's tough, and I'm sure TK, QT Marshall, <laughs> the big man is back. <laughs> TK, mm. QT Marshall, Will, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Greg um, Gagne. Did you get signed? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Scooping. Speaking of scooping, <laughs> I was fucking right. <laughs> the people <laughs> doubted me. The people doubted me in the live chat. Uh, my fellow co-hosts doubted me. But I'm, I'm, I need to. I need to have my victory lap before somehow I get proven wrong again, like I did with the Dwayne stuff. You know, <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, someone sent a chat in, and it wasn't even a super chat. And I confidently brought it up on the screen, and because it said something like "Where's Julia Hart?" and I confidently yeah. was like, "She's injured." And my co-host or someone in the live chat was like, "Uh, what?" And I was like, made me second guess myself. And I was, I was, someone told me this. As in someone like someone who would know, like someone from AEW told me this, and I was I knew it happened. But when I was looking for the messages, I couldn't find it. Then everyone doubting me, it made me second guess myself. So the past two weeks has been this like almost ongoing bit of me not knowing what's going on with Julia Hart. And today, Fightful Select confirmed that Julia Hart has been injured. I think they said for about a month. So I was fucking right. And they also reported that Willie Uta was injured. And those of you who will remember last week's show, AO dropped that in the live chat. So that report that came Ooh. out today from Fortful Select, obviously Sean Rossup does a great job and he was able to confirm these things and not forget who told him these things so he could pull it out as an actual report. Um, <laughs> point is, we was right, you know. I was right. Don't mm. doubt me. Um, Just sweeping victory lap about injuries. <laughs> Get well soon. 
all those people going through recovery, well. yeah, recovery. You know what I mean? But my point is, is I'm not I'm not happy about the people being injured. I'm happy mm. about proving yeah. the people wrong that doubted me. You know. <laughs> Anyway, that's what I reckon. I'm putting in quite a shift there for my night off, you know? You are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you might as well do a solo show, bro. You're <laughs> like, just nodding along, like, yes, yeah, it was yeah. right. It's okay. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, you got to pop yourself, ain't you? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate. Saw the iron claw yesterday. You know the scores have been grey. You know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The young bucks defeat. Top flight. Nicholas and Matthew Jackson got the job done. Um, well, someone call it that. You know their their mm. techniques and strategies were very questionable. And uh, I thought this was quite an interesting match, to be honest, because, of course, when you see Young Bucks versus Top Flight as a graphic, you're like, wow, excitement, certain level of pacing it's going to be. But, of course, with the Young Bucks doing this new character and things, they're still kind of figuring out quite how they want to pull off this certain type of character. And although it was still a decent match, it wasn't quite the level you'd expect it to be. But when you was watching it play out, it wasn't, like, disappointing. It was more kind of, like interesting to see books try and figure this out at, mm-hmm. as they're trying to like get this new character over because there is going to be a balance to find so um i'm not worried about them though because it's the young books and they've done this many times before in terms of like weaving their characters into their wrestling matches and doing it effectively so yeah man not not bad stuff at all charlie what did you make of this top flight outing this was such a surreal match to watch because of it didn't feel like I was watching a Young's, Young Bucks match, which I feel like was kind of the point that they were trying to get across. I thought Top Flight looked great. Like uh, Darius and Dante, they just kind of blow my mind every time they wrestle at the moment because they always do something new like that I haven't seen them do yet. Or unless I just have really bad memory and their movesets always the same. But um, but no, I, I thought the Top Flight looked great, really great here. The Bucks are... They're doing something with this new character work and their in-ring stuff. It's very interesting. Um, I'm interested to see how it, like, because obviously they made the match official now. Like, in a tornado tag, I don't know how this is going to work. So it'll be interesting to see them try and find the balance of that. But glad to see them wrestling again. Two matches in the space of a week. It's kind of crazy. We're back. (laughs) There's nothing more I can say. The EVP trigger. You know, the EVP trigger, uh, they got that over real quick, getting the change done for that. Straight from yeah. BT, it's like BT never existed. <laughs> Rip. Uh, Joe, what did, you, uh, what did you make of... Well, what are you making of the Young Bucks kind of, you know, weaving this character work into the matches? And even, yeah. down, to, even down to Nicholas wearing the hat at the start of the match, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they don't even... They don't even bat the jackets off, bro. They're just straight EVPs and suits. It's what, what are you making of it? Yeah, I, I was kind of. I mean, it's one of those things where you got to give it time, right? It's like the first real match of this like new character and persona, and I was kind of torn between like I actually really appreciated that they tried to wrestle differently and they tried to mark yeah. this as a new part of their career, and I think that's like very refreshing and cool. But there was a part of me that was thinking. 
this gimmick is so heavy on shtick anyway. They could just wrestle like the Young Bucks and they'd be fine. So it's not one of those things where it's like, damn, you do, damn, you don't. I don't mean that as a criticism. I just, I'll kind of see how they adapt and from here because obviously it goes about saying they can have a better match for top flight than this. We've seen that. That wasn't the point here, right? As we've all said, it, the point was about the new character. Um, we'll see if they can find a kind of middle ground and if they do, it was never going to happen in match one anyway. It's one of those things, like it will come. But I think if indeed it's something they struggle with, which I wouldn't say they did here, but if they do, I think we can all agree they could, you know, always just fall back on the <laughs> the Young Bucks playbook of yesteryear and be totally fine. Yes. Because the, honestly, the gimmick is so over the top. They don't really have to worry that yeah. much about playing up in belt to belt because they're so you know, over the top and extravagant and flamboyant inside the ring anyway. I think they'd be fine, but yeah, I appreciated the effort and I thought it was uh, a decent match. Yeah, man. And um, I said, EVP Tricky gives the Young Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas, the win. Uh, after the match, uh, Matthew Jackson claims that with that victory, they are now the number one contenders for the AW Tag Team titles. And yep, later on in the show, we see the graphic is made official that that is the revolution match as charlie mentioned they're doing a tornado tag as well so we'll see how all that uh, plays out on the night very much looking forward to it uh, but anyway as they continue tony Schiavone um called the attack on sting last week despicable you know and it was it was despicable how could mm-hmm. they do such a thing but the books did not take that very kindly you know and they find tony Schiavone a thousand dollars and i think it was nicholas push Schiavone. Shivani, mm-hmm. Shivani has this thing where if anyone <laughs> anyone just nudges him slightly, he falls backwards and yeah. stumbles into the ropes. Like, and he's, you just kind of feel really bad for him. And, you know, crowd of boo. And, you know, and it looks like they were going to give him an EVP trigger. And it's like, how fucking dare they do? And even think of such a thing. And Darby Adding comes down and he makes a save. And, he very much popped me how he made the save because he, he genuinely like sprinted down with like yes. a sense of urgency, you know. Um, but yeah, but from that point, he gets quite interesting, doesn't he? Mm. It's quite interesting, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Uh, Darby Allen, he gets on the mic and he's kind of complaining about the young books and he's he's uh and he goes into this bit about well, it's not a bit, <laughs> well, it was for me. Well, you know, he goes, into, <laughs> he goes into this thing about like how, you know, when AEW first started, Darby had to sit back for a year and watch the Young Bucks hire all their shitty friends from California. And thank God there was one EVP with actually a sense of brains and he's not talking about Kenny Omega. And the crowd starts cheering for Cody Rhodes. And it's like, <laughs> what is happening right <laughs> now? Like, um, First time they've cheered for Cody in about six years. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then obviously Darby kind of goes into this thing about how the Young Books' old mission statement was to change the world. And he mentioned how in their in their, the rev- the interview that they did after they renewed their AEW contracts, how they didn't mention any of those original mission statements and basically mm. called them frauds and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, started quite the discourse, but even in the moment, it was, I was quite baffled by this. <laughs> I was like, what is this actually? What productive are we getting out of this? You know, like, I know that you want to kind of get over that 
the talent aren't happy with the young books because in kayfabe, obviously they shouldn't be because they're you know power abusive heels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I'm seeing some people kind of be like, well, you know, they're, they're kind of they're trying to portray like what some fans think of them, but. <laughs> There's ways of doing that without kind of getting too, like, insidery, if you know what yeah. I mean. And it's kind of... A few weeks ago when we were talking about, like, this new gimmick that they were debuting and stuff, like, I was always optimistic about kind of what they were trying to do and I always said that there was a lot of potential in doing this stuff and kind of going down the road that they're seemingly going down. But there was mm-hmm. always that kind of but <laughs> with this. It's like... It can very easily spiral into like wrestle crap, basically. Yeah. And even though this wasn't directly the young books, it's you know the the their gimmick is what caused this kind of like weird segment to happen. Again, even though it wasn't no, directly. We've had weird them. promos before, like during the uh, Four Pillars feud. That I remember yeah. a very distinct Derby promo that was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He can get. A little, I think Darby, his delivery generally has got better. That was not on display here by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlie is right. He has previously done promos that we talked about on this show of being like weirdly inside baseball in a way that felt out of character for who he's supposed to be, you know? Um, yeah, there was the, definitely the, a Pillars point, one that was that point. way. Yeah. That's, the, that's the point. Look, when when the books have a gimmick like this, where you have to kind of tread the line, which they have, like I said, from their point of view and their performances so far, I very much enjoyed what they have. This isn't kind of like a shot at them. Um, it's more so kind of a confirmation of a previous worry that I had a few weeks ago, mm. you know, where it's like when you're kind of towing the line with a gimmick like this, if you do feud or go into something with a guy like a Derby who may have said some a weird thing in a promo that didn't come off properly and came across a bit awkwardly before. You have to really watch them, them sort of guys when you go into a program with them. Otherwise you could end up with a promo last night, which can be, some people loved it. Do you know what I mean? Not everybody hated it. It It wasn't a promo that was universally hated, but it's definitely been a talking point. And I think there's pretty valid reasons for why it has been a talking point. Yeah. I don't get what's productive about, especially the main part has been about like the Cody thing. You know, I don't think it's a very good idea for, especially when he's the baby face of it, you know, yeah. like the baby face of his feud being like, you know, uh, we've, you signed a bunch of shit wrestlers. Cody was right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not doing cornetisms. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, that um, was pretty unfortunate. I don't think that's really what the what the baby face should be doing, you know? I don't think yeah. it's really productive to do that. Why are you not angry that they he, they attack Sting? Why are you not talking about that? Why are you talking about when the yeah, who they hired? Like, 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 you know, who it's... the fuck cares that Brad was on the first episode of Dynamite? Like, yeah. why are you not angry that he attacked a 64-year-old man? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was real weird. It was just a really weird promo. It's a shame too, because the Shivani stuff with the Bucks was very, very good, very it's well fun. done. Yeah. It was um, really strong. It's just, yeah, I think it's a case of kind of getting too cute for your own good, right? Like, yes, 
it was actually a very simple setup for Derby to just be real mad and say that him and Sting would never whoop the young bucks. That was really that was all it needed to be. But yeah. Again, also, I, I do think Charlie's right to point out it's not a new thing with Derby. He does he's yeah. definitely a culprit at that times. It did it did kind of pop me that he made the reference about them hiring their shitty California friends. He wrestled in SoCal a lot. Derby was on those that's, indie circles. That's, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. So Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he did PWG. He did all those circuits. Like, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Was, yeah. This is why I'm just genuinely baffled by this promo because like Getting the crowd to like inadvertently chant for Cody when he's like got all his shit going on in WWE right now is a choice. Like, I don't know. Maybe we should just not let Darby cut promos. His promos, he's delivering his first cut better though, overall, like broadly speaking. It's just that every now and again he'll go off on a bit of a tangent or something, or he'll make a bit of a comment that'll come off awkwardly. So even last night, he was going on this like passion filled rant. <laughs> about the books and the crowd just mm-hmm. weren't like they weren't like they weren't like booing him or anything, but they weren't like with it. And he would like leave yeah. these almost like applause breaks and not getting it. It was um, mm-hmm. it was it was interesting. But like I said again, like kind of one of the worries from the start with the young books, this new gimme, mm-hmm. maybe not quite the turn I was expecting. Was kind of. You know, it's when you when you walk when you do like a, a certain type of gimmick like this, it's it leaves it leaves it up to interpretation for guys like at Derby, for guys like I'm sure MJF would say a fucking weird line or two about them at this point, you know. Like it's <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like So you, you have to and I don't, I very much doubt that Matt and Nick went out there not knowing what Derby was gonna say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like I don't know. It's it's just, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But again, I think it, with a gimmick like this, it can spiral into very weird territory. You know, um, and I just hope it doesn't do that because we don't need any of that. Uh, a few super chats for Brizio Romano, five dollars. The big man. Breaking, Kylian Mbappe has hired Barry Bloom for negotiations this summer. But it's not going very well because <laughs> Real Madrid are offering him less than he's making now and less than what they offered him two years ago. So he's uh, need a need a new super agent. Will Chisholm, $5, appreciate it. It was really nice to see Derby help Cody to get a babyface reaction from an AEW fan base. <laughs> It's so weird, man. Like, he's literally about to remain event WrestleMania. And I'm not saying you need to like erase him from your history or anything, but like <laughs> deliberately being like, oh, he was the smart one. He's, mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, Plethora, 1C199, appreciate it. Yeah. DJ White retire. He never wrestles late night grim for life. Wow. He's, gonna he's on Rampage, a, brother. He's going to be a 12 man tag, I'll have you know. Yeah. It's oh, it just feels like a personal attack. Uh, it's whatever. I don't watch Rampage anyways. <laughs> Putchy five four seven four ninety nine. Appreciate you. Long time listener here. Appreciate you again. Had the young books hit Tony Schiavone with that EVP trigger, people may have started jumping a barricade. Also, to catch that equals 06 Lebron. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, that would have been great. It would have been great heat, to be honest. Yeah, it would have been. Some may have called it cheap because, you know, it's easy way. You know, any, any heel could do something to Tony Schiavone and get like a big heel reaction. But, you know, the way this played out, I think, you know, maybe should have gone for it. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they should have. Could you imagine Tony Schiavone's sour of an evening? <laughs> he just crumbled. He's still of everything is funny, so yeah, that would have been incredible. <laughs> oh, it would have been such a good bit. They should have done it. Damn. Yeah, you could do it to, like uh... Kevin Kelly instead of us, okay? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I'm very behind that. I think this is a good point. Uh, Short time spells, $5. Appreciate it as always. I felt like they could have accomplished the same thing just referencing the resigning comments. Also, Darby Allen was pushed from day one, so it made no sense. Yes. I mean, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I feel like it's important not to, like, you know, write off the thing that maybe Darby just completely lost his way because he was about one line into his promo and he was visibly like hitting walls with his sentences, you know. It felt like he absolutely I'd have to watch it back. Yeah. Yeah, like he's very early on in it. You can see he like stumbles on his words and he has to kind of So I think there's a chance that what Shiretown says here may have been his outline. Mm-hmm. And he just went because we know that's look the beauty of AEW is that guys can go out there and just talk and that's also sometimes can be an issue, right? It just is it's yeah. like a blessing and a curse. Mm. When guys cut great promos, it fucking rules. And when guys stumble and stagger a little bit, you kind of will question the content. It's like, I'll, to be clear, I'd always have it that way over the alternative. It's just, yeah. you will have that sometimes. So, yeah, I don't know. Huncho 499, I appreciate it. The reason I can't enjoy this book's character is it just makes me annoyed they waited till after Punk left to do what fans wanted them to do then. Uh, like, go fuck yourself. It's 2024. He's not been in the company for several months. Why are we still doing this? No, because that's that's the point, any like that's the point that he's made. Our friend Huncho here is making is that like you know that it's. I guess there is a part of a lot of fans out there where it's like, oh, imagine if they were doing this when Punk was around. You know what I mean? Like it would have been a lot more. You know, I don't know. Signing off with like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't understand going over the what ifs so much with this particular situation. Punk, I know he's injured right now, but he's doing his thing in WWE. They're doing their thing. Why why are we still doing this? Yeah, absolutely. All all kind of punk elite discourse is very, you know, it's, it's very much been visited a thousand times at this point, you know, but. You know, when talking about the character, obviously it's a character that has kind of been birthed out of elements of the punk situation, you know, so obviously that is kind of going to be one of the things that we're just going to get some fans that were like, oh, I wish, what if, it would have been cool if, (laughs) you know, Mm. what what now? So it's it's just graps, Huncho. It's just graps, brother, you know. Jacob Donnelly, $5. Appreciate you. With how always cold the Undisputed Kingdom have been, can't help but feel Adam Cole has been given nothing but underwhelming creative his entire AEW run. But this one's a tough position, isn't it? Because his fucking ankle mm. exploded. So. Yeah. Um, he had a world title. Obviously... 
Yeah, it's not, the Bro Chacho stuff was never been meant to be as extended as it was, and obviously that was, yeah. you know, even even though it was like critiqued, but I think even myself at a lot of points throughout it, it was um, it was very successful. It was very popular. Uh, they were selling merch and everything, and at the end of the day, it was the top feud in the company. You know, so um, up until said injury, his creative was, you know, for that you know, that phase of his AEW run like, was, he was booked strongly with, and he was one yeah. of the main characters of the show. It's just that ever since his ankle exploded, MJF is injured as well now. And, uh, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I think someone said in, someone sent us a super chat like last week. I all agreed with it, like strongly agreed with it. So I don't think Adam Cole should be on TV at the moment because yeah. it's just undercutting him. You know, yes. it's just, Anytime I see him for the next few months, he's just going to be in his fucking wheelchair or, you know, on crutches. And it's like, it's not, it's you don't fit, that does not feel like the top here in the program to me, you know? Yeah. But, and he's doing it alongside like the Wardlow squash matches. And the, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not working right now. Yeah, I, I agree. You'd be better off doing like, stylized pre tapes with him, you know, or, or whatever. Like, you'd better, anything that's not him just being, We'll turn the ramp and sit on commentary or whatever. It's just, yeah. it doesn't feel big time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Andy, 100 rupees. Appreciate you. While I have issues with the books' character, there's no point market analyzing this build. Ultimately, these characters have decades of equity in them. Um, yeah, the, ma- the Matchup Revolution will obviously be great. Um, yeah. It's not it, but when we were talking about the books, it wasn't even necessarily like this build in particular. It's just kind of one of the directions I was worrying about for the books in general going forward. There's situations like this happening, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. one of their opponents might inter- interpret their character a certain way, then go off on a, a tangent like <laughs> like Darby did last night, you know. Um so that that could be anyone in the promotion, you know. So that's kind of where more where I was coming from with that anyway. Uh, shout out Andy, Will Chisholm, five dollars. Appreciate you as always. Did Darby know that in his promo he was slick dissing Kenny by saying, "And I'm not talking about Kenny Omega." That was a weird one as well. Look, Kenny Omega just getting a stray shot, bro. <laughs> like, he's, what did he do? He's not done nothing. <laughs> he's he's out ill. Yeah. Hope he's recovering well. God bless. Like. Absolutely. That line was clearly something that was like considered beforehand because as soon as he said it, yes. the Bucks were like, Kenny, you mm. mean Kenny? We like Kenny, yeah. you know? So, yeah. He was very proud of that line. What time? It was a funny pro. Joe wasn't watching live, but I was. <laughs> And I was mm-hmm. talking to Joe about I can't remember, something else. And just mid conversation, I was like, Are you watching this Derby promo with like 10 mm. laughing faces? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? Oh, um, dude. But yeah, Jay Hayes, $5. Appreciate you, brother. Wait, is Derby supposed to be a surrogate for punk in this feud? Some people have speculated sure. that. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of AEW fans yeah. did think that way. And. You know, even like the Cornettes and bro, the all friends wrestling and those sort of mm-hmm. references there, bro. Like, 
Maybe some people in AEW think that that's half of their fan fan base or something, but it's not. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a kind of it was a crazy way for uh, the babyface to present himself when you're looking at it as a fan, you know. So uh, we'll see. I'm not, but like I think Andy said, at the end of the day, revolution comes around. Tornado tag match can have loads of heat. I'm sure it's going to produce a great moment by the end of it. So, yeah. Ibu, 199. Adam Cole is so bad. Fucking hell, he didn't even do anything yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) He just started the commentary desk, bro. He literally didn't do anything yesterday. (laughs) He made his entrance, sat at the commentary desk, said thanks for having him left. (laughs) That's all he did. Um... Cole, Cole's. I'm not the biggest Cole fan either, to be honest. You know, we've, I think we've we've been around this a million times over over the couple of years of WrestlePurist's existence. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think he's not terrible or anything. Cause he's very. He's a very very popular guy. You know. So indeed. Yeah. All right. Where are we on AEW Dynamite? The books have just been absolute. They've been burned, my Darby. I think we mi- did. We miss the world title segment. Did we miss? That it? before. When did that uh, even happen on the show? Top before of the, the box, right? Right. Before, before the box. Something like that. Maybe. I think it was before the box. Uh, it might have been after wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It, was a, it was the cross of the hour, right? Yes. Um, it's no. It's Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, as before. Um, so we'll yes, we'll circle back. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so we'll circle back right now. Yeah. yeah so Joe led Ray. He did the the initial promo. Swerve and him had a little back and forth. Hangman came out and kind of went further in that hill direction we were discussing last week. Him and Swerve got in each other's face, and then Joe kind of got tired of watching them argue and said he was going to kick both their asses at Revolution. And spat so many words in such a short amount of time right? and did that not was, stutter. That was kind of wild, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought this was an interesting segment in terms of what the finish is going to be at Revolution, which has been saying that's kind of been developing here for a few weeks. I don't know where which way this is going, Charlie. I don't, Me firstly, neither. what did you think of the segment, and then. Well, who do you think's the favourite for to win this match? Bro, I, I know who the crowd wants to win. They want Swerve to be world champion. It is very, very obvious. Even when he was just in there with Joe, like, Joe didn't really lose them, but the crowd was right. so hot for Swerve. And, oh, man, if Swerve gets pinned at Revolution, that is going gonna, is gonna to be an interesting reaction in the building, I think. But um, I don't know who's going to win. Like, I was convinced this was going to be a short Joe brain, but, like, I'd be happy if he won. It's so tough. But this segment was fucking awesome. It was really, really good. I liked it, too, and I think it speaks to the build that when this thing was coming together, I was pretty confident Swerve was leaving Revolution as champ. Mm -hmm. And as we get closer to Revolution, hilariously, I'm now somewhat convinced that's the least likely option of the three. Mm. I think we all agree Swerve's getting that belt here sooner than later. I'm just, 
increasingly, I don't know if it's going to be revolution. It feels like yeah. one of you, you were confident last week, right? Hangman's going to kind of play spoiler here. Now, do you think Hangman's mm. getting the belt, Monty, or do you think he's going to cost Swerve the belt? Which do you think of those two? Because they could have a similar effect on us. Can we write off big business hosting a title change? Because no. absolutely not. Um, no. regardless of place. result, yeah, regardless of result here, I think <sighs> if they the, the way the crowds are reacting to Hangman right now, if they wanted to cement him as the heel coming out of this program, he needs to cost us, he needs to cost Swerve in some way. Hangman's winning like, the belt at Revolution. <laughs> I think he could be, and I think he could end up uh, pinning Swerve. Someone said I was no selling in the live chat. I was just in deep thought. I was just rambling to fill the air while he fought. Um, I think Joe's going to hit a muscle buster, Hangman's going to throw him out, and uh, Hangman's going to pin Swerve. See, I think the other way. I think Swerve's going to do something Mm. to Joe, and then Hangman's going to throw Swerve out and pin Joe. Mm. I also think... Hangman may like prevent Swerve from winning and open the door for for Joe to win. Yeah, so. it can go any way, and all the ways kind of end with Hangman being the dick, which is like kind of where you need to be at the moment. Hangman's winning the belt. Oh, I think it's been decided. I've been told Hangman is a <laughs> the wrestling. The wrestling gods have reached out to me. I don't know. know. vision. I thought the presentation of this. David segment... Van Eric sent me a message. He's, uh... <laughs> He's a hangman page. He's winning the AW World Championship match. The way this, the way this segment was framed, I thought made a Joe win a lot more possible than before. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it was very much like they were basically telling you these two dudes are way too obsessed with each other right now, and Joe is just all he cares about is keeping his belt. Yes. So it's again, I've said it every week. I don't love triple threat matches, but this is really compelling. This situation they've got here. Yeah, swerving in the bout's too easy. I agree, actually. Swerving in the bout's too easy. If Samoa Joe wins the bout, then how do you book another title match with Swerve or Hangman? Do you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you then get Swerve versus Joe? Well, you could do like. like... Do you do fucking Hangman versus Swerve five on Dialogue? I don't think they do that. I think Hangman just beats. I think Hangman wins this in some heelish fashion and that then eventually sets up Hangman versus Swerve for the bout is yeah. it's what I think they're going with because if Swerve mm. just wins the bout who's already beat Hangman twice, time limit draw yeah I, I, yeah it's I think Hangman's winning you're the saying Hangman leaves as heel champ, Swerve chases yes. is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes and yes. Swerve would you say wins at double or nothing maybe? Depends who they want to be champion going into all in because that kind of feels like after this pay per view, that's like the big point. They're just like, we need to decide who's going into all in as champion. Maybe that's just me, yeah. maybe I'm biased, but it no, does kind right. of feel like they need to set that up over the summer, though. Like... Maybe the set because of like just... going mm. somewhere else, maybe the bell isn't. Maybe we're going to have to wait longer than we expected for the swerve thing. Maybe. 
Because I kind of convinced myself hangman. it's going to be Hangman, not Hangman, uh, Swerve versus Osprey at All In. So, so like, how do we get there? <laughs> how the do issue, we get there? The issue is we were both very bullish on that idea before Swerve yeah. was kind of turned babyface. Mm. And now it's a different dynamic, right? Now it's now like... It's hangman yeah, versus I mean, you could still do it as a babyface match, but it was much more... I, I'm not dismissing it and just got brought up in the chat for what I was about to say. I know there's been some talk on Twitter. It's not my favorite idea, but I do think it's worth bringing up. I don't think you can rule out Okada from this conversation. I'm ruling out Okada because I think it'd be a really bad move. I will be the one that will put their foot down. I fucking hate that idea. I do not I, want Okada I get it. I, I, to be in the world title I'm, picture. I'm not endorsing the idea necessarily. I'm simply saying that I think it's so I totally I think it is very possible. That's all I'm saying. And then I this is in a scenario where you're moving Swerve and Hangman away from the belt. Now, personally, I think mm. that's a mistake. Yeah. I think Swerve should have that belt sooner than later. I agree. But, They've done way too much to set this up to put Okada in that title scene right now. I'm sorry, but it's doing such a disservice to the fans that have been invested, the people that want to see Swerve and Hangman have championship runs this year, and to Okada, because you burn the moment of him winning the AW World Championship immediately. Like, you, he's going to be there for three years, at least. You do not need to do this right now. I'm very... The chatter on Twitter really got to me. I was like, bro, what are we talking about? For me, uh... <laughs> I don't even though I think he will. I don't actually think Hangman should win the belt here, and I don't think Swerve should win the belt here either. To be honest, because okay. of the way it's because of the way they've done the story, bro. I'm not a hundred percent sure it's the way. Like, I think them going into this three-way AEW World Title Belt Love Triangle thing off the back of. Hangman literally losing Swerve twice, and then you've put in, you've put yourself in a book, booking position where you have to like, okay, we need to legitimise Hangman and Swerve because we're introducing these rankings now. So they're both going to be winning, and then they're going to have this match, and they're going to go to a time limit draw. So Swerve is two one and zero versus Hangman, and Hangman is, you know, what I mean, we're going to try to turn Hangman heel with him celebrating this draw and just kind of going more unhinged lately. And he's like, that is what we're going in. <laughs> no, that's what we're going into the triple threat with. And Joe's only just been the champ for however long. Um, I honestly think it might have been better suited if you just save kind of like the three-way feud thing for a bit yeah. later on and just did Samoa yeah. Joe and Swerve for now. And then when Swerve is the champion... Hangman can kind of go on his arc of building himself up to be the number one contender to then defeat this, you know, Swerve as a babyface heel. Then you mm -hmm. can kind of go back to that Swerve-Hangman dynamic. But kind of threading it through has kind of brought up all these kind of, I don't know, obstacles, I guess. But like overall, broadly speaking, the segments have been good. They've drew well and stuff like that. But I think it just, mm -hmm. when you get to Revolution, it puts you in this weird position where I actually think neither of them should win the bout right now because of... I think the reason it was a triple threat originally is because I do not believe the double term was their original plan. And so it was a way to go from heel to heel with the bell without doing a heel versus heel match, right? Mm -hmm. Now... 
we've ended up in a position where Hangman is the heel. Joe, I mean, Joe is a hit, but Joe's not really a heel, is he? I mean, he's, he threw the mic down and they erupted with Joe chance. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated thing. So, again, I think all of this makes it more intriguing. I can't record a triple threat that's been discussed the way we're discussing this one ever. <laughs> I, I find it to be fascinating. Um, I think uh, I'm not going to go back to Okada because I want Charlie to punch me. But <laughs> I also think I think Will Ospreay is in the picture. Ospreay is also, yeah. Oh my I god, this is such a good problem Ospreay. for AEW to have, to be honest. You know, because they've I, never I, had this issue. Yeah, I I think there's there's like. I do think, based on the way this build is being done, again, let me be clear, I think Swerve should get the belt here, but the way it's being done, I do think there is room to consider the, the option that they're going to move Swerve and Hangman away from the belt and put the belt on someone else. But mm-hmm. I could be wrong. It's just so weird, man. Like, it just... Well, it's, it's very weird. They've done all this work. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I want there to be story payoff. I don't want it? people skipping the line. You both no, seem really stressed about all of this. The more thing is, is that, like, I don't want to call it bad because it's clearly not. Again, like, I've enjoyed the actual promo segments and stuff in a vacuum. The matches and stuff have been very good. I'm sure the match at Revolution will be tremendous. But my thing is, is like in terms of where all three of these guys are at character-wise, Joe's apparently a heel, but everyone fucking adores him, and he's the legendary champion. Hangman is starting to get heel reactions intentionally now, and Swerve is basically a babyface, and he's even acting as a babyface, and he's even on the babyface team, which Samoa Joe is also on in this big tag match at the day. It's so... So I want to be like, this is a mess, but it's... I can't say that. I can't say that confidently, Joe Hall, but, which is why I'm struggling, which you pointed out very <laughs> rightly so. You seem like absolutely distraught at <laughs> all of this. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure this thing out of like <sighs> it's a puzzle. Yeah, again, I okay, let's come back to it again. It's like this probably like from the outset of Manoa thinking about doing this feud, they probably should have just done Joe versus Swerve. Yeah, chill on think... Hangman. Like, Hangman lost his two matches to Swerve. I, but I don't know. I don't know if you can say that when we've just spent ten minutes talking about every possible finish and how intriguing it is. I, I don't know. I, I think that suggests it's quite it's quite compelling. Well, yeah. But the, oh, my that, God. Are you juggling a lot of balls, Joe? I'm not juggling. Them, I'm not booking. <laughs> I, as a, as a viewer, I'm sitting here on a podcast and I can't tell you what the finish is. And I'm, we've talked through every single finish. We've talked <laughs> through every option. That to me is a good thing, no? Like, if the finish fucking sucks, then you can talk. Then you can circle back and go. I don't know. I I think it's way more compelling this way. We don't know where they're going. It was. I thought when they started this direction, it was clear Swerve was getting the belt. I do not think he's clear anymore, and I actually think increasingly he's the least likely winner, which is. Yeah, I is think is impressive. No, but is that good long term for Swerve right now? I don't think it matters really. He, it's not like he's losing on TV. It's just as fans, we're, you know, not so sure he's going to win the big one this time. Right? Go, Joe. Yeah, he's no, not faced enough adversity, you know. He's got to take moments. Come and go, Joe. I'm just saying, like, when it, when someone feels like they should be world champion, and especially when it's going to be their first title, it's like, 
He might, though. He might, though, bro. He might, But I'm just saying, and if he does, what's Hangman even in it? And that's the, the, so if if Swerve, if Swerve is winning the belt and that was the plan all along, why? Well, I, I don't know, like, j- just to make especially because they didn't like because they want. When Hangman comes out of this, a heel who has lost three matches that Swerve has been involved in and got a time limit draw out of it and hasn't won anything of anything anything of any sort of significance in however many however many months. Character development, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me because I kept saying it. The idea could be that if Swerve wins, that's when you go like you fully Hangman becomes like an actual insane person would be my guess. Because yes. right now Hangman's like um, he's borderline delusional. I don't know. Yeah, like, but I he's. Think, I think he. I think he flipped already. Or I don't know because he's like team he's cracking, next week, right? Yeah, I think I think Swerve may win, and that may be the thing that turns Hangman into like a complete villain. Um, yeah. Lunatic. Okay, so how far do you think he goes? Do you think he goes like full fucking villain? Because I think well, he, maybe he goes down. I think he's right the right guy, but I think he's going to hangs around yeah. more at the level that he's at now, or just kind of like delusion. And no, because if Swerve wins the belt, then that would have been as Charlie's talked about previously. That would be like completing what Swerve said he was going to do, right? Like he's going to yeah. take his place. And thus far. The, the Hangman is, character's point of view is why the fuck do people like and want Swerve to do this when all he's done is cheat and and basically like he broke into the dude's house and he's the hero of the story, you know, yeah, that's Hangman's tried to point ruin of view. His life. So if, Hang, if Swerve gets the happy ending at Revolution if, in theory that should drive Hangman insane, right? It's like yeah. I've done nothing wrong and this dude's taken my place on the roster. So that's that's why I think Hangman's in the in the match if Swerve's winning is because it's about Hangman and Swerve. Mm-hmm. It's Joey's, they're just so tied together. At the moment. Yeah, and that's the idea. Right? I think they want them to be the defining AEW feud. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I'm enjoy- I think the fact we're having this conversation is is quite fun, personally. Yeah. Got quite heated I, in the middle there. <laughs> you did. You actually punched your webcam when I said the name <laughs> Okada, which was a little much. <laughs> I would like to say that I am an Okada fan. I just feel very strongly about this story. So the fact that I was the one who brought that up is ridiculous for anyone who knows <laughs> yeah. how incredible turn of events. Oh. But anyway, I think Joe should win. <laughs> yeah. So I, th- I, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think Joe. I think Joe should win. I think Hangman will win, and I think Hangman shouldn't actually be in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I did say them going back to this Swerve Hangman thing straight, almost like, like what, two months after Full Gear was an interesting choice, but they've made it work. We'll guess, I it guess was, we'll see post-revolution. It's definitely been successful. People, like, We're talking about as much as we have. As Joe said, it's yeah. made it very interesting and intriguing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been drawing well. Been getting mm-hmm. good. It's been getting the uh, desired crowd reactions. Samoa Joe is my world champion, so you know. Win, win, win. You know this is a this is a wrestling podcast, so it's what we're meant to do is kick ideas around, even if the bad ideas. I'm sure I've came up with at least ten tonight. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, you know, conversational ideas. I just throw out, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Putchy five four seven four ninety nine. Appreciate you, Joe. 
We need more of this world title run. He's only had one defence, for God's sake. (laughs) Sorry. He's only had one defence, for God's sake. And he looks like a million bucks with the suit plus belt. World class. It does look well, it must be said. I'm also a fan of world class championship wrestling. It did rule that, like, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, and Charlie kind of circled the closing Joe part of this promo, but it did rule that this live crowd was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just kind of, you could tell they'd get a little, they got a little restless with the promo, and they just said, oh, like, yeah. oh, hell, let's go, world champ. Will Chisholm, $4, appreciate you as always. Can someone please save Joe White? He looks so sad in that promo. <laughs> it always pops me when fans do this. <laughs> I honestly don't think Jake is a fuck, to be honest with you, which uh, makes it even funnier, but I could be wrong. Yeah, he know, strikes me as a guy who's hard to rattle, you know? Same yeah. at first. But when you look at it now, and he's in like a big six-man faction where you don't oh, even I, feel like yeah. a few, It's like compared yeah. to where he was. Like maybe, there, maybe he might be getting to a point now where it's kind of like... Might be. <sighs> You know, <laughs> I guess what I should say is uh, he doesn't strike someone who's wear it in a in a pre tape. You know, like I'm sure he yeah, he feels a certain way about it. It'd be hu- it'd be insane if he didn't. If one's human, right? But Jay White does not strike me as a guy who's going to really let that bleed over into, into his performance. But yeah. I think we all agree on his creative not being. No, yeah, it's, it's not been, what we envisioned. It's, very, it's been quite dire to be honest. Yeah. So uneven, so up and down, right? Weird. Yeah. Even when he was up, it's like you can't say that he fucking came out of the MJF thing smelling like roses. You know what I mean? That was his <laughs> world title for you. So. Yeah, that was tough, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think he's so talented as well, man. But anyway, uh, yeah. trust the process, 34 and I appreciate you. Joe losing the belt without a pay-per-view defense is disrespectful, to be honest. They won't do him like that. In my opinion, Hangman costs Swerve and Joe retains. Swerve then finishes Hangman for good 1v1 with Joe. Swerve then mm. finishes Hangman for good. Then what? Well, okay. Then one. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Got you. Mm. I mean, um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, oh, fuck knows. We, we haven't discussed losing it. without a pay per view defense. That's what we all expected. We didn't expect this to be a long reign. But it's been so fucking good that everyone's just kind of like, well, he, sh- he should retain. Mm. I'm just like, I don't disagree with that. We have yet to bring up the twisted metal factor in the Samoa Joe yes. title rain. Indeed. Hanging over us like a cloud on a on a rainy <laughs> day. <yeah. laughs> At some point, folks, our world champion is gonna leave us to go and dress up like a clown. Right? <laughs> yes. Beast. Respectfully, of course. Yes. Uh, we'll see. One not and I appreciate him, obviously. Charlie is me when Cody gave his WrestleMania match to Rock. Yeah, that was when I was ranting about Ricardo. <laughs> you were very fired up, yeah. I was. I've been uh, sitting on that rant, like, all day, because I saw the tweet, like, earlier today or yesterday or something. I was like, hmm, no, that's bad. Huncho, 999, appreciate you as always. Can't get over how moronic Hangman's inclusion is story-wise. I... Literally just last swat twice to Swerve, and he's behind him in the rankings. How the fuck is he even getting this shot and trying to dictate terms? They won the same amount of matches this year, first of all. They won on different levels in the rankings. And have you not been listening to his promos where his whole thing is, you are not getting that fucking belt? 
Like, Hangman is just trying to stop him winning the World Championship. That's his whole thing. That's why he's here. Whatever. I have, I have no comment on the content of the Super Chat. I just want to say, Hancho, please make it your thing that you sign off all Super Chats with like GFY. Is that yeah, he, he, could have, he could have fit there as well. But... That really would have fit there, yeah. Yeah, it would have. But we appreciate it. I, 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 can, I can kind of see some of his point. It's kind of... You, you said yeah. some of those points. You yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't, I didn't, that's what I mean. I didn't want to be as aggressive with it because I don't want to call no. it bad because I do think the story's been enjoyable and it's drew well and <laughs> it's got good reactions and the wrestling, you know, has been good. So it's like... But at the same time, it's had me asking questions, you know, about this uh, this championship committee. We've know? asked a lot. If there's one thing we've done tonight, we've asked questions. We've asked a lot of questions. It's just, bro, like, I get why, from a booking standpoint, it's a weird thing for Hangman to be in it. But it's not like they're doing it without him having a reason to be involved. Oh, like, he's it. made his point so clear. <laughs> <laughs> Hangman's on TV, and that's what I'm happy about. Because fuck me, was there a period where Hangman was doing nothing? So that is very true. <laughs> My uh, gosh, I've popped myself huge in the love chat for those of you that. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, where I'm are we? Where, where, where even are we on the show? Well, obviously, the, uh, yeah, of course. Willow that's where Ridge. we are. Willow. Um, Oh, I do love, I do love me some Willow Nightingale. I have I to like say, I think lot. she's fucking awesome. Um, yep. And you're wrong anyway. Was that the Bang Bang Scissor Gang se- backstage oh, segment? Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> this is really unfortunate. Yeah, it's big segment. Twelve man tag match. This Friday on Rampage with all the crew. Um, Charlie's very excited about the about uh, this Friday. Don't put those allegations on my name. <laughs> Willow Nightingale defeats Sky Blue, but this was with the help of Stokely Hathaway. How aware of this she was remains to be uh, it's still up in the air. You know, I don't think anyone could call Willow Nightingale the precious, innocent Willow Nightingale a cheater. But, mm-hmm. you know, she definitely did have a little bit of help here from Stokely. Um, defeating Sky Blue, though, so it's not like the crowd was angry at her or anything, you know, uh, <laughs> because obviously Sky Blue is a heel. And, uh, you know, I had, I had a nice little back and forth. I don't really have anything to say about this other than it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where this obviously goes with Stokely, Stat, and Willow. Okay. Joe, Charlie? It was okay. I enjoyed it. The, yeah, it was. The only thing I would say is you, I understand what they're going for with the Stokely finish. But, like, Sky is a heel that people still generally like. Yeah. So you kind of was muddying the waters there a little bit with Willow's presentation, I thought. Like, that was the only thing I would say. Um, the match itself, like, I feel bad saying this, but I leave, like, 90% of Sky Blue matches unsure of, like, what even. Like, she is fine. They're, they're fine. But, like, I never have any kind of talking points, you know? I never have any, I never have any like, n- notable <laughs> conclusions that I draw. It's just, like, I think she's got better. I still think she has a ways to go and she's wrestled a lot of TV matches on their TV shows now at this point. And it's like, I got like, they very much, if you said to me at the start of a Sky Blue match, this is the first or the fifth time she's wrestled this person, I would believe you in either direction. You know, it's like, I struggle to really make note of the matches. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and what, you know me, I, I, I do not say I, that. Like, I love, 
pull back the curtain a bit. I love watching you kind of like figure out how to phrase something. Well, you know how I approach this match. (laughs) I'm fine to say I told Monty this before we went live. I watched this match twice because I watched it once and I didn't know what I was going to say about it. So I watched it again and I still didn't know what to say about it. I think it was okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was all right. Man. It was yeah. whatever. It, it kind of happened and ended, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I wish I had more, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's quite sky blue, though, bro. It's just... With the, she... She is not... Prog- she has made progress. And I think she is rightfully being praised for progress she has made since the starting point she came into AEW. But I think with the amount of TV time matches and calibre of opponents that she's been put in there, I don't think she has progressed at a satisfactory enough rate for her to be kind of where she's positioned at in the company, if that makes sense. Um again, as I was saying earlier, it's not it's not particularly like a direct shot at Sky, it's just that they do have a very talented roster of women. A lot of them that you'd like to see, you know, more on the TV and a lot of them that are pretty much stars waiting to just be made. They're just kind of sitting there waiting to be made. Whether that's Athena, whether that's, um, you know, Queen Aminata, whether that was Thunder Rosa, who was on the shelf for months, and then when she got cleared, it took her ages to get onto TV. And even then, when she first got onto TV, there weren't much there. She's had two singles matches since coming back. One of them was decent. One of them was a bit rough. She's definitely someone that needs kind of like reps. But, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's Thunder Rosa. Um and there's, there's, there's loads of women, you know, those are just two, those aren't even like the two most prominent examples. They were just two just came randomly to it my head. It feels like but... they go to Sky because, like, I'd imagine her win-loss record is crazy, right? It feels like she loses most of these matches. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes, some of the women you just named, you'd be better off just having them lose matches but wrestling on TV rather than only yeah. wrestling when they win, you know? And that's, I think, kind of the issue with the way that the booking is somewhat like it's like would it hurt some of those names if they just lost the tv match no it'd be better if they wrestled one so that's the thing to me um sky it's not really a sky blue problem so much as it is the the ratio for her to everyone else right it's like she wrestles a lot of matches on tv yeah and very seldom do we leave them saying Holy shit! Like I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> On paper, she's like the workhorse of the division. Yeah. <laughs> like... and, and again, I do think she's got better. And I know, like everyone's kind of said at this point, that the reason they they like her so much is she's very, she's very, very reliable. Right? She's someone they yeah. feel they can trust. And and that's important. But my god, I feel like I've reviewed like a million Sky Blue matches, and I can't recall many of them off the top of my head. It's just I don't know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll remember this one, won't we? This uh, this Texas death match. Yes. <laughs> this Matt Taven oh performance. <laughs> you know? Uh, Matt Taven, Orange Cassidy, uh, non-title Texas death match. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, this this was, this over-delivered most people. Uh, this exceeded most people's expectations, definitely. Um, Matt Taven, you know, he's... Uh, Matt Taven is always, especially, well, not always, in recent years, like the recent, like, what, five, six years, something like that, there's always kind of been, like, this weird cloud around him because it was, like, they put the ROH title, 
world title on him at a time where a lot of people thought he should have been someone else. And mm. uh, it was kind of... Um, so a lot of fans kind of almost like resented that reign. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like There was like a resentment amongst people for that reign. And because that was... Because he's not a guy that's had like a significant run in WWE or anything like that. Like when you think of Matt Taven, to a lot of people, it was more kind of, oh, there, there's that guy that shouldn't have been world ROH world champ and was ROH world champ, and it was like kind of a he almost signifies like kind of a weird bad time of Ring of Honor, and he's kind of like attached to that, and it kind of gives him a bit of an unfair rap, you know, because he For actually sure. is good. It's just that like. You know, the timing of what they tried to do with him in ROH did feel kind of just misplaced at that time. So, you know, um, every now and again, whether it'll be in a tag match with Bennett or whether it'll be in a, uh, a proper singles, you know, opportunity like this, like he, he does show that he's got something, Joe Hall, but, you know. He does. The thing with guys like that is, like, you have to realise how hard that dude has worked in much smaller yeah. buildings on much smaller shows. It's like there are some guys in that roster who will look at a house like last night and not be thrilled by it. Do you think Matt Taven's looking at that thing and <laughs> seeing his nose up it? Like, dude, he's a workhorse, man. Like, and again, yeah. it's, I don't think Matt Taven's the top guy. He shouldn't have been the world's champion. But it's easy to forget about 18 months ago when he joined, when the kingdom joined AEW, like the week of that. There was reports about WWE being interested, and people treated that shit like it was like a like a laughing stock, you know, like LOL the Kingdom. And anyone who'd watched those dudes wrestle over the last like couple of years prior to getting signed knew they'd got so much better. Um, yeah. Again, it's all about role, and they have a role to play. And I think that could be a big part of this tag team rebuild we're looking for. Uh, but we'll see kind of if that comes to fruition. As for this match. It very much was like the Matt Taven show, which is hilarious and that's what we are. But it was so strange. Like the first half of this match, I was watching it thinking, it's like it was like a fun kind of like house show main event. They were like walk and brawl, there was like a table spot. It was like, no, this is fun. Then Orange gets juice. That was not intended, I promise. Orange (laughs) Orange is covered in blood. And then Taven does that spot, right? And now, look, mm-hmm. we see so many crazy spots these days that you can kind of – you very seldom get – that one was a wow moment. The way the ta- it all exploded across the announce table. And the match sort of transformed into this, like, a- like kind of ECW set-piece heavy sort of like stunt show. It was insane. There was, like, run-ins and <laughs> fucking uh, – it was, it was bizarre. Props. And by the end of it, it felt more than worthy as a Texas death match. It was um it was kind of surreal, honestly, seeing this deliver the way it did. By the end of it, it was like, holy shit. And again, it wasn't that way the whole way through, but they they really pulled this thing together down the stretch. And Matt Taven was a big part of that because it felt like he just kind of decided he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna leave that ring until he had he'd done what he had to do as the main event yeah. of dynamite, right? He was gonna make a point of it. So I was really, really happy for him. Um he killed it here, and I thought they had a, a hell of a match in the end. This was this over-delivered, I thought, quite a lot. Yeah, stuff like that very much pops me, Joe, when what you mentioned. Um, yeah, Taven, Taven's wrestled in much smaller houses than this, yeah. and he wasn't going to pass up this opportunity in the main event. So, yeah, man, he looked great, and Orange Cassidy, of course, is as consistent as they come. Charlie, you enjoyed this main event? Of course I did. 
it was a death match. Of course I did. It's right up my street. I was when they called it a Texas death match. I was very scared about what main event we were about to get. But they they over delivered. It was it was it was great in the end. Him pulling out like the chocolate heart box full of tacks was a great spot. I don't think I they've pulled out tacks in some interesting things, but I don't think I've ever seen it in a chocolate box. So that was a cool little spot. But um, Matt Taven, man, he wrestled with a real chip on his shoulder. It kind of felt like he was like it felt like he saw some of those tweets on and saying, "Well, this is going to be a laughing stock of a main event," and was like, "Well, nope, going to do something with it." But I, I genuinely actually quite like this. I loved it quite a bit. They did a great job. It was awesome. They, yeah, it was awesome. very chaotic at the end. They played so much. Like, did Orange it? Cassidy had, like, a little dribble, and then it cut back to him, and his whole face was drenched. I was like, what the fuck it's, happened? It should be said, like, we go segment by segment, and we've gone off on 101 detours, but there was some great action on this show, right? Like, yeah, yeah. the main event, the opener, the Garcia match, like, the Bucks match it was, was interesting from a character point of view. You had... An awful lot here. The main event segment, with the, sorry, the world title segment, I should say. So there was a lot here. And then you had that kind of strange, the Roddy thing wasn't really a post-match because he did it while they were counting out Taven. But mm-hmm. they had that deal where um, Trent took the bullet, right? Yes. From Roddy, which was like kind of interesting for that part of it. Increasingly convinced that Trent is going to cost Orange the Belt Revolution. Mm-hmm. Kind of, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot to like on this show. And this main event was kind of the leader of the pack in that regard yeah AW Dynamite live from Texas and uh it wouldn't be right if we didn't notice and didn't put some uh put some spotlight on the very important fact that Dustin Rhodes will be tag teaming with Russ and Marshall Van Eric this Friday on AW Rampage so um big things happening in the state of Texas at the moment true <laughs> I mean, uh, any AEW bullet points? QT Marshall's back, as we mentioned. Rocky Romero's with AEW now in a talent development role, according to Dave Meltzer. Yes. They call that the WrestlePurist Worldwide bump right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, it'll be kind of a liaison between New Japan and CMLL and AEW, obviously, because he works with all three of them. Yeah. Um, he's quite the plug. Rocky Romero is... Um, but yeah, QT's back. Rocky's joined. Um, I think that's about it, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. Well, Combat Club are going to Arena Mexico, people. Yes, they are. Oh, oh some tickets God. too, from what I can see. Yeah, they've sold like 4K yeah. tickets. That's going to be an event. That's going to be a scene. I'm mm-hmm. with Blue Panther. <laughs> Put in the boots. Ryan Danielson <laughs> in the ring with Blue Panther. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> Ultimo Guerrero getting in there as yeah. well. There's some, there's some old fox in this match, let me tell you. It's going to be so real. It's going to be so real. Beast. Uh, <sighs> you think Brian must be like really happy about, yeah, you know, just the novelty of being able to wrestle, even obviously <laughs> the singles match. Obviously, it was pretty far fetched, but you know, getting he's to like, full... share the ring with some of these people is it's gotta be he's cool. Going to girls going as well. She is, yeah, 
She is. Brian's he's ticking off, ticking all the boxes yeah. here. This in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Who else is left? Because the Zach the Zach one was like a really big one. Mm-hmm. Wrestled him twice now. You know. Yeah. He wanted Even to. He, he did wrestle. Down. He did wrestle him before. Before, but like, yeah, yeah. Like it was yeah, the Brian and Zach that we know today. You know, um, obviously he's wrestled him twice now. He's going to um, work on spread at some point, right? That's like inevitable. Yes. Which is honestly, I mean, an outrageous professional wrestling match. If you really think about Ocado. that, he's wrestled Okada as well now twice. Mm-hmm. Do they do the Nigel match? I think so, yeah. I think they do, yeah. Nigel was playing it up so much. That he's I just... been building it for over yeah, but he a year. has been the whole time. So... Yeah, but remember, he thought he was going to... Nigel was prepared to do the match last year, remember? Yes. So... That clown right. digger. That clown digger, Brian. <laughs> that dude is an artist. He is. <laughs> but yeah, man, Brian oh. Danielson called up Blue Panther, said that he was coming to Arena Mexico, and they did the big Big graphic, I think, with the all four members of the Blackpool Combat Club against Mystico Valador Jr., which have already appeared on AEW recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Blue Panther and Ultimo Guerrero, which are both very old men, perhaps, <laughs> but they're both very uh, iconic legends of the game, you know, legends of the sport. So, this is real wrestling. It is. it is all right. So, trust the process. Thirty-four, one ninety-nine. Hashtag we want you, boo. That's oh. nice. One ninety-nine, brother. Come on, mate. That's <laughs> you know. Needs to be calling me more than that, brother. Um. All right. I think we can wrap up here. Someone yeah. as well. Someone mentioned Overlord Dan. Everyone who recipes interviews goes on to more and more success. Swerve is winning that belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he's already he, he already got his WrestlePure stroke look, you know, because he, he did the interviews and he had that, um, that iconic now. And I think it will grow into being a, quite an iconic match with Hangman, mm-hmm. the Texas Death match. So, Indeed. yeah, man, good stuff. If you uh, if you want success in the wrestling business, get interviewed by <laughs> by me. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's get out of here. Um, tomorrow, are we doing anything tomorrow? If me and Joe are in the mood, we might do a little stream. Yeah. You know? We'll see. We can do you know? Shades will still be on, but if there's news, we can do it. What's the weekend? What's happening on the weekend? Is there anything good on the weekend? I might go see Iron Claw again. <laughs> I think I'm going to see Iron Claw tomorrow. <laughs> Collision's not even on this weekend, dude. That's fucking disgusting. I've is got it just not on? I thought I thought it's not on. They've got the channel all day, from what I've been told. Um, That's disgraceful. Sh- shocking, that is. It really is, isn't it? Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Oh, bring back the brand split. <laughs> they should upload, like, a YouTube gimmick of, like, the best of collision. Got the- but of course, it won't have any punk matches, and the comments yes. will just be filled with people like, "What the fuck is this? Where is CM Punk?" You're my CM Punk. <laughs> oh, someone, someone posted, uh, someone posted the clip earlier of you know, like the exchanges that Jay White and CM Punk were having on Collision in the Six Man. Yeah. Oh. 
So the only thing I could think on that, when I saw that clip was like, how fascinating was that gear that Punk wore in his first match back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how... <laughs> It was so fascinating when it comes to look because he had like he had like the elbow pad on the the injured elbow and he had this strange CMFTR logo which didn't stick. It was only him, I think, that wore I could be wrong, I think it was only him that wore it. Fascinating look he rocked for that. And then he never did it again. I think he agreed with my assessment. It was weird. (laughs) Hell of a match though. Remember when time stood still? Remember that? Oh, Hmm. Oh, get me emotional. Anyway, um, like, subscribe. Appreciate you guys for watching. Don't forget that we are adding a Sunday late show to our schedule that we'll be following Goals and Graps. Uh, but as will be every Sunday, I think Goals and Graps will be most Sundays. Um, yeah, man, Friday. Might see me and Joe on the channel, you know, just keeping on the WrestlePurious page and you'll be kept up to date with everything that we are doing. And, um, yeah, again, one last time, please like, subscribe, appreciate all you guys for the super chats and the support and stuff like that. And thanks for watching. Peace.